Good morning, everyone. My topic today is called Focus. What our country is focusing in on today and what we as Christians need to be focused on. And what a great life we have when we are focused completely on the Lord and what an incredible future he has prepared for every believer. And when we walk around out there, our field of vision and what we can see nowadays is not good. I don't like what I'm seeing out there. In addition to the virus, we have the smoke, the fires, the horrible heat. And this struck a nerve with me and the Lord put this on my heart is what we're seeing is the complete lawlessness, the anarchy, the riots, and the acceptance of this behavior by some of our city, state, and federal government leaders, to me, that's completely unacceptable. Portland has been a war zone since May 25th. There's riots every night. Cities all over the country are rioting. Something is wrong when people want to tear down statues of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, and that is what is happening. The city of Minneapolis, which is where this whole thing started based on that horrible arrest in May, they have changed their use of force policy already, and the officers are awaiting trial. New York PD has also changed their use of force policy. Progress can be made without tearing the whole country apart. Some radicals wanted to fund or completely remove police departments. Seattle had that chop zone set up, and you know how that worked. Crime went up 500% while that was chop zone was standing, and then they had to tear it down at great cost. New York Police Department removed their 600 officer plainclothes crime prevention unit, and the headline shortly thereafter said, shooting surge in New York City amid disbanding of New York PD's plainclothes unit. And working in this field for many years, Officers are putting their lives on the line every single day. They respond to thousands of calls and they on view thousands of other calls. Over 99% are handled perfectly. You never hear a thing about them. A tiny fraction don't end well, that is true. And those are the ones that get the headlines, the cell phone footage, the Monday morning quarterbacking, all over a split-second decision made by an officer who in some cases were taunted, assaulted, ambushed, or blinded by lasers. They're then tried in the media. Sure, there is work to be done. There's bad cops, but there's also bad doctors, pilots, politicians. At every profession, there is bad people. You take away the police, who are you going to call? You're gonna have robberies, shootings, kidnappings, assaults, every type of crime, and who's gonna respond? That is just insanity. 
you're going to have complete lawlessness. We're a nation of laws. You take away the police, and who's going to enforce the laws? And of lawlessness, the word says in Hebrews 1.9, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. He hates lawlessness so much that he gave himself up for us on the cross to redeem us from all lawlessness. The one who can't sin died for all of us sinners. But praise God, he says in the word, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Just the believers, he says that. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, it says, For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. You would think, based on what we're seeing every day, that there is nothing slowing it down or taking it out of the way. But the Holy Spirit is the one that holds it back, and he's restraining it. Can you imagine how it's going to be when there is no restraint? As bad as it is now, it's going to be complete bedlam when everyone is released. And you know, like me, many of you are probably attended several Revelation seminars. They're updated each time, but one consistent thread in every seminar is what you hear about is Russia, China, Israel, the Middle East, and Europe. USA has very little mention other than the USA is not going to be involved in the end times. And you can see today our stature in the world has been reduced. And we can see that maybe these prophecies are come to fulfillment now and we're getting that much closer to the end times. Things are happening very fast. And I know I've read this before, but I think it's important. Since I read it last time, things have gotten even worse. And this is on lawlessness. It's Romans 13, verses 1 to 5. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil." Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. Every society needs law and order. Every citizen must submit to that authority, as it says, 
written by Paul in Romans. No government is perfect. But when Paul wrote this, Nero was in charge, and Paul was subject to Nero. Nero persecuted Christians, did horrible things to them, yet Paul still submitted. And Jesus himself submitted to his arrest and to the unfair trial he got from the Romans when he was arrested. So we have to submit to the authorities as, as well. We are citizens here in the United States, but our main citizenship is in heaven. Christ is our king. He has authority over us. And we don't follow his rules. We sin and display the same lawless behavior as everybody else. In Philippians 3.20, it says our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So every day we see these horrible things happening in our country, on our TV screens, in the paper. It can get distracting. We need to keep our focus on the Lord totally, like a laser focus. It's not getting any better out there. It's only getting worse. And his word comes first, not all the other things we get talk, occupied with and people who are talking in the media. We have to stay tuned in to God's word. When he went to the cross in Jerusalem, he set his mind like flint. And as Paul said, we're, we're supposed to imitate Christ as Paul imitated Christ, were commanded to. And flint, you know, is a very hard stone. It's used to make tools and it can be used to create spark. It's also used as in a few verses in the Old Testament as determination. And Christ showed his laser focus when he went to the cross to die for our sins with complete determination. He did not waver, he did not turn back, and he finished his task. And think about how he went to the cross. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Fix your eyes on something. That's that flint. Focused in, not being distracted. And he did it enduring the pain and the, endured the pain and the shame and the flogging and the beating and the whipping, the whole thing, all for us. Why? For the joy of the coming glory he was about to see. So as our focus increases on the Lord, we have to be even more on guard because the enemy, the adversary, doesn't like it when we're focused on the Lord. He would rather, much rather see us focused on everything else around us. That way we're not doing anything good for his kingdom if we're thinking about everything under the sun but the Lord. So we have to stay spiritually focused and not let Satan distract us or discourage us and we have to beware, 
as we increase our focus of traps, temptations, discouragement, and the false prophets that are out there. In Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Focus on godly things. And the verse has a, is a combo verse there. It says, set your hearts and minds on Christ. That's where our future lies, is with him in eternity. The next, what is it, 83 days or something, 80, 81 days, is going to be brutal with this very divisive election. And we have the never-ending virus. We have our circumstances, all the lawlessness. And all these things are distracting us. And we're to focus on Christ, whether the things are going good or bad. Charles Stanley writes, focus on the giver, Christ, rather than the gift. And base your joy not on your circumstance, but on your unfailing Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are not like the thief on the cross who had just a few hours saved here on this, maybe a few minutes saved on this planet. We have been raised with Christ already when we were saved. So we have a taste of heaven already here on earth. And people that are not saved do not have this and they are missing out on the blessings that we have. We have the joy, comfort, hope, the fellowship with the family of God, and peace that only God, Christ, can provide. We are receiving blessings every single day and they are new every morning, the word says. And the biggest blessing of all, we know that he is with us no matter what we're going through. So how can, how can we focus in even further? We can pray for others, doing good God's will and not ours, obeying him, serving him, trusting him, forgiving others, fellowship with others, encourage others, and live by faith, not by sight. And when we turn our eyes on Jesus, all these things will please him. We also have investment advice given to us in the word. In Matthew 6, verse 19, it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So that is where to invest our time, our resources, our God-given talents, skills, not so on 
investing on the things that are going to be destroyed. Our treasure should be in heaven. You know, allocating our time in pre-COVID days, most of us could take a vacation every year or two. Think Disneyland in our household. You'd plan way ahead, make plane reservations if you're flying or if you're driving, take the days off of work, get your lodging set up, everything you need for the trip and the stay, make some down payments, and then you would look eagerly for that trip. And they had to do them quite a bit in advance. What kind of anticipation and excitement do we have for our eternal stay? Are we planning ahead, thinking about it like a vacation you would previously? We should have complete anticipation and joy looking forward to that stay. Are we spending too much time on the things of the world and other things that distract us? We should make the most of our time. The days are numbered. You could see things happening. There's new rumblings in Russia, Israel, and China almost every day. You know, when the, uh, when the kids were younger, and I do this with the grandkids too, helping them out with a little math. They all hate math. And I would always relate it to a pie graph. And I would relate it to pizza. And I would teach them fractions. You know, if you had a quarter piece of pizza, you cut it in half. How much of the pizza is that? So now, whenever I bring that up, they say, no, Grandpa, no, no math. Our pie slice every day is 24 hours. You throw out eight hours for sleeping. So we got two-thirds of our time left, discretionary time. How are we spending that? And if you ever see a pie graph, each slice is different colors. And we want to decrease the colors on useless things. And by increasing the focus on the Lord, it will automatically shrink those pie slices that we're spending on stuff that we don't have to be spending our time on. And again, on our focus in 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We like to focus on things we see. That's natural. We can't relate to things that we can't see. But everything we have we see right now is temporary. Our bodies, but not our souls. Everything else is going to be disappear or be destroyed. So we should be building for those years in eternity, which outlast, outlast these years we have on earth. Someday what is unseen will be seen, and what we see now will not be seen anymore. What a day that will be. We're just temporary here. Sherry and I had a nice story during these COVID doldrums. 
you know, one day is like the next. We have our, a header of a four by six header above our porch below the roof. So there's a space about like this. And I looked up one day, there was a couple twigs there, didn't think anything of it. But as the days went on and on, there was a lot more twigs. So one day we took a picture inside and there were four eggs in there. And we would see the, the mama and papa every day and the, they would be singing every morning and one of them would run off, get food. And, and after a little while, you would see the little ones out of the egg, they would open their mouth like this and look up and their parents would feed them. It was very, very fun to see that. And then one day it was silent. No singing, no nothing, no whistling. And they didn't come back the next day or the day back after. Well, I looked inside the desk, no more eggs, no more babies. They were temporary residents on our porch and they left for different, another home. And that's gonna be just like us. We're gonna leave like those sparrows someday and we're gonna to go to heaven with Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, 1 and 4, it says, Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, that tent is our body, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by fire. Up by life. Excuse me. That is what we can look forward to when we go to heaven to be with the Lord. Speaking of looking forward to something, in Titus 2, 13 and 14, it says, While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Amen. A blessed hope. Think about these things we're going to have in heaven. An inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. A building from God. An eternal house in heaven foundations adorned with every kind of jewel, a better country, a heavenly one, with no sin, guilt, sickness, or pain. You know, the, the church did a lot of shedding tears recently. We know what happened. There's going to be no more tears in heaven. And we're going to hear, it says, a thousand times 10,000 angels singing, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to recover power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And we can join in with that song. And according to Paul, he wrote, we're going to hear inexpressible words, not words that we hear on this planet. And we're going to have peace, no more endless wars, and it will be the Lord's peace, not temporary and I was thinking of uh, this song, to end this on, of that 
eternity and that when that day comes, I might have read this before. We sing it all the time. It says, there is coming a day when no heartaches shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dip the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrows there, no burdens to bear. No more sickness and no more pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. So let's just focus on him and end in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for putting this, this topic on my heart. And I'm burdened by all this lawlessness in our country or turning away from our founding fathers, our whole country, the way it was founded, our beliefs. We pray for our country. We pray for our leaders. We pray for wisdom. And I just pray now for uh, the responders to these fires, the pilots, all the emergency crews protection for protection, safety. I pray that nobody is harmed in this horrible air we're breathing in. And as always, I just pray for the, uh, the efforts to... Uh, to create a, a virus, a vaccine to slow down this, uh, this COVID that seems to be never ending. And also pray that it's someday, right now I'm looking out here, there's just Ed and Sean and Lydia, and someday we can just pack this place in again. And I just pray this in Jesus' name, amen.